Welcome to the Financial Advisors Workshop, where we will be interviewing some of the most successful financial advisors in America to hear exactly what strategies and tactics they use to grow their practice to 100 million and beyond. So our biggest goal here with this podcast is to help you grow your financial advisor practice. So thanks everybody for tuning in and let's jump into the interview. Well, welcome back to the Financial Advisor Workshop. And uh, we're, we're, we're taking the discussion to Arizona today. Uh, and, and I'm with Shanna Tinjum. Shanna, uh, really interesting lady. She started this firm uh, after being in different careers and uh, now um, making a, a big move into the financial advisory industry. Shanna, welcome to the Financial Advisor Workshop and the Four Star Podcast. Wonderful. Thank you for having me. Uh, great, great to see you. And uh, we had a nice little discussion about your firm and how you got started. And it's really just a great story. Um, so, Shanna, you, you uh, and your husband own Heritage Financial Strategies. Is that right? That is it. Okay, great. And you're the principal and co-founder. Um, and then you, you get into this business after being in different businesses. Do you want to tell us a little bit about your background and how you found financial advisory and then we'll get into that. Yeah, for sure. So I, I've been in the financial world my whole career, started in banking um, right out of college, but that was um, sort of an accident. I went to college uh, initially to be a music major, uh, to teach secondary music education, which uh, I'm grateful didn't happen because I probably would have ended up in jail in some way, shape or form. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's That's not who I am, but that's what I thought I wanted to do. And um, I changed majors to business after really some introspection and asking a bunch of people um, to help me understand this money thing. Um, my parents, uh, I, I'm so grateful that they're still around. They live in Mesa, not far from me here in Arizona now, but we grew up in a small town in Iowa. And um, in that world, there just wasn't a lot of investment knowledge. And maybe I didn't see it because my folks weren't able to teach me because their parents were depression era. So their idea of in, in investing was a CD at the bank. And um, I saw them both working jobs that they hated, but that had a pension and a great paycheck. And I'm thankful for that pension today because they're able to live comfortably in retirement. But I knew I didn't want that to be me. I knew I didn't want to work uh, for 40 years to get the gold watch and the pension. Um, and so I started to ask questions and they couldn't answer those questions. And uh, my uh, first year in college, I went into the local financial planner in small town, Iowa, who everybody knew and made an appointment and went in and, you know, coasted it on fumes in my little uh, uh, VW Jetta that my dad uh, redid for me. And I was working five jobs to put myself through college because I didn't ha get, you know, get the benefit of a college fund from mom and dad. And I, I just came in with sort of one question and, and I asked, you know, him to help me uh, teach me this financial thing, like all about this investing thing. And this was, of course, before the internet was invented. So I couldn't Google it. And uh, I think he was hoping that I was going to say that I'd won the lottery because he knew my family and knew that we weren't rolling in it. Um, and I just asked him to help. And, and, you know, he kind of did one of these stroking his chin and um, he put his pen down and reached across the desk and patted me on the head and said, don't worry, sweetheart, someday your husband will take care of this for you. Wonder. Yeah. <laughs> um, and that moment changed my life. I, it made me mad, first of all. And yeah. um, I'm 
<laughs> I'm the kind of person you don't tell she can't do something. So I left and started learning and this um, learning at that point meant reading books and listening to um, uh, radio and all, TV and all of those things. And um, shortly thereafter, I changed my major to business. I didn't have any idea what I wanted to do with it, but I did and uh, finished a degree in business admin. And the rest is kind of history. I started in banking and moved into real estate. And then the last 10 years, I've been a fully licensed financial planner. And um, it's really the side that I wanted to get to all along. I just didn't know how to get there. Nice, nice. So, okay, so you're, you, you made a bunch of different moves before you got into our industry. But the one that I think uh, in our discussion stood out for me was your time at Salesforce and, and mm-hmm. maybe a little bit about that and why, why that's really helping you today and how it's helping you today. Yeah, for sure. So I spent a lot of time in, I bounced back and forth between sales and um, HR for about 15 years. And my last stop before joining um, uh, into the financial planning world was at a Fortune 100 company. Um, I was a, a national sales trainer, and my uh, role in that firm was to uh, teach and uh, drive adoption for the Salesforce platform. So we partnered with Salesforce.com, and and I my job was to teach salespeople how to use Salesforce, which was miserable and painful. Um, <laughs> As you and I both know, um, it, it can it's tough. <laughs> um, and so, you know, I, I, I really learned in that position um, wh- what I thought a CRM should do. Um, and Salesforce did a decent job of it for the larger companies. But then when I came into the advisory world, I got super frustrated with our industry CRMs um, that say they automate, but they don't because it still requires a human to press a button. And they have workflows built in, but those workflows don't do anything but tell you what the next ta- task is that you need. And so um, I went through three of the industry CRMs before throwing everything out and building my entire practice around HubSpot, a Salesforce competitor. And I haven't looked back. We've been using HubSpot for six years now, and it really is the hub, if you'll pardon the pun, of my entire practice. <laughs> so so we talked <laughs> earlier about how we came to the same actual conclusion, and we're also <laughs> HubSpot users, uh, based <laughs> yeah, and, and everything else. Uh, and so there is no perfect CRM, uh, but nope. it sounds with your experience, you've been able to customize it to make it really work for you. And, and uh, I think a lot of our a lot of our financial advisor listeners out there might want to learn about that. Uh, so if, if they did want to learn about that, you, you mentioned you do some training. Is that right? We do. We do some consulting. I, I my husband and I run an outside business activity uh, through his consulting company, Tingem Group, and the website's tingemgroup.net. Um, where we will build it for you. We'll build you a customized version of HubSpot and, and a few of the other tools that we use. Um, and it's it's a beautiful thing because what it took us all, years and tens of thousands of dollars to figure out at the beginning of this, we give you for a fraction of that time in about uh, six to nine months. So uh, so we, we really enjoy it. We enjoy getting to know the other uh, advisors business and really just giving you the, the tools that we wish we had when we started. Yeah. Yeah. And I can only imagine uh, the, a lot of shouting and hand waving that went along with all that. All oh, that. man. <laughs> yeah. A lot of, a lot of uh, words I wouldn't use in mixed company. There's no doubt. <laughs> uh, or on a broadcast like this. Exactly. Yeah, for sure. 
great though. So you really customize the your own CRM if HubSpot is that kind of, but not mm-hmm. really. Uh, but but it really is. You say it's, it's your hub. So um, great. So now you've evolved in that world, and then so let's talk about how you've evolved in the business when you first started and you started your Heritage Financial Group. Um, mm-hmm. What like then, and then how did it evolve over time? Yeah, for sure. Well, I transitioned from a wirehouse. Um, and that, that it'll be seven years. April 18th is my seven year anniversary with heritage. So, um, I had built a, a, a respectable book. I wouldn't say it was stellar, but I was about at about 20 million and about 350 GDC when I left the wirehouse. Um, I had basically bought myself a pretty crappy job at that point. Um, but I, you know, I, I knew I wanted more. I knew I wanted different and I wanted to be able to do things my way. So um, I transitioned to uh, being an independent. I knew it was the right fit and um, the right thing to do. And yet I had no idea what I didn't know because I didn't come from the industry. So I jumped from a wirehouse where they gave me the technology package and the products and the process to an independent where flexibility is one of their core values of our broker dealer, Cambridge Investment Research. And so I went from the frying pan to the fireman overnight. And in the first year, I think I changed financial planning software three times, four different CRMs, two different phone systems. I mean, it was crazy um, because there were just so many choices and I didn't know what to do. and in that year, I was completely, you know, transitioning all of my clients all by myself because I thought my assistant at the wirehouse would come with me and she didn't. And so it took me nine months to transition what it, what should have taken me, at, you know, three at maximum, but it took me a lot longer. Um, I tried to run my business the same way as I did at the wirehouse. And that almost caused me to go broke because I, I didn't know about ticket charges. We didn't have them. We self-cleared. So that was not a, that was not something I was aware of. Um, and so there was a lot that I didn't know in that first year. Oh gosh, that first year, when I look at my GDC, I don't know how we paid the mortgage, honestly. Um, but then the next year I kind of went, well, this isn't working. Um, and I transitioned all of those clients again to a managed model and started charging for financial planning fees. And that's what really caused me to sort of redefine my practice. Great. And you still work in that structure now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And you charge asset management fees too? Yeah. Okay. We charge financial planning fees and asset management fees or either in our firm, it's either or or both. You can be a financial planning client, an asset management client or both. Okay. So what, so what is like an average fee then for a client? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I would say our average is somewhere around 1.25 um, all in. Um, we charge one and a half if you're under a million, 1.25 if you're one to five, and over five, we charge 1%. Okay, interesting. Very good. And you have now how many advisors in your firm? Uh, we have six advisors, including myself. Several okay. of them have other other roles within the company as well. They're an advisor part-time and something else part-time. And a few of them are only advisors. So we've kind of collected a hodgepodge of different business models and people through word of mouth and you know, just knowing other folks in the industry. I wasn't ever really looking for more advisors. I would have been one of those people that said, I'm never hiring another advisor. I'm just going to build this great business around myself. I didn't sort of endeavor to be an enterprise, as they say, but Sort of, that's what we've become. And I love it. I love the team that we have built. Nice. And you started out in Arizona, but now uh, the asset base has uh, filtered around to different states. How'd that happen? 
Yeah. Well, you know, first of all, people have moved and, you know, people that Arizona can be fairly transient. And so uh, some of our clients have moved and wanted to keep us on their team. And and we love that. They've also referred us to family in different states. And we love that too. And some of our advisors have moved or currently live in other states. And so we've got um, clients now in, I believe, 18 states and, and counting. And uh, and we love it with the, with the uh, proliferation of zoom, we can, we can have a meeting from anywhere to anywhere. And, and that's been a, a great thing for us with everybody. Yeah, that's great. Mm-hmm. Well, good. So now as it gets bigger and bigger, how do you keep everything all together? I, I think you talked about some processes and things like that. Tell yep. us a little bit. Yep. Sure. Um, yeah, so we're, we're, we're still in the, you know, I think it's an, a, a constant evolution to define and redefine your processes as your business changes. But we had one set of processes that really worked well when it was what I call the Shanna show, just me. <laughs> um, and a lot of that was stuff that was in my head and we hadn't even made it into HubSpot yet. And, um, and now that it's not just me and I'm looking towards, you know, what's going to happen when I someday decide to retire, um, I, we're having to build different processes as we as we bring folks into the business. And so um, we are using uh, HubSpot for all of that. We have all of our workflows, all of those processes sort of built into um, everything that we do. And we um, have, my husband comes from a large um, government agency sort of um, uh, technology process. And mm-hmm. he's bringing a lot of those bigger, uh, total quality management and Six Sigma and some of those bigger methodologies and sort of morphing them a little bit towards our our little firm here. And so um, he's sort of the keeper of that uh, of that side of the business. But it's been a great marriage, if you will, even though we are married, because he's got a skill set and a temperament that I don't possess. <laughs> um, much more patient than I am, much more deliberate and kind. And, and I am, he's, you know, measured 35 times and cut once and I'm, you know, cut once. And if you need to cut again, then, you know, 35 more times, it's all good. So <laughs> we, <laughs> we have a very different approach when it comes to those things. And I've appreciated having his perspective. Um, and as our, you know, uh, all of our processes sort of get adapted to adding our new team members and our new financial planners. It's just been a joy to sit back and watch that all happen. Nice. So where did your name heritage come from? It's uh, not yeah. something locally, right? It, it is. Yeah. So we are located in the heritage district in downtown Gilbert, Arizona, um, which used to be just about a block. And now it's this huge restaurant and entertainment district. And so that's where our original office was. Um, We really thought we were going to have to leave the Heritage District a few years ago when we were looking for a new office space. And as luck would have it, um, one of the restaurant owners on the main level of the building where we currently were decided to retire. And so in 2021, we ripped out a restaurant and replaced it with our offices, which is where we're at now. And um, I told the landlord he's going to have to put me in his will because I'm never moving. So we are here in the Heritage District of Gilbert, Arizona. Very nice. Well, and then I asked you, you know, tell us a little bit about some other uniquenesses. And we know about your intense CRM work, which is great. And then uh, uh, I'm, I'm uh, obviously very interested in social media and, and then talking, you know, very publicly about all these issues. Uh, and it sounds like you are too. Are, are you have a podcast? Yeah. Yeah, okay. We do. Yeah, we have uh, our podcast is Making Money Fun, where you, which you can find on, you know, pretty much any place you get a podcast. 
Um, for the first three or four years, it was just me. And this year, you're going to start to hear a lot more from my other planners, which has been so much fun for me to listen to. Um, I, I, I've told them for years that you, there's only so many ways you can, you know, as, as an advisor, there's only so many ways you can say, um, spend less and make more because that's, that's it. Um, <laughs> so now I've got their perspective and that's been fun. Uh, we are on almost all the social media channels. Um, and you know, we do a lot of speaking at different industry events and at different, in, different industry type podcasts. I was on the Kitsis podcast in 2020, um, and, you know, I've been, we've been featured on some HubSpot, uh, marketing and different things like that, because, um, I, I, I think what we do in this industry a lot is we think that we're each with like every firm is super unique and really we all kind of have the same challenges. I think it's all in how we deal with them. Um, and so I've been really open about where we've struggled for sure. Yes. So, uh, then it's, it's called making money fun, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we access that. What's that? Where can we access that? Oh, for sure. Um, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple, Google Play, um, really almost any place. All the services. Okay. Well, good. Mm-hmm. So yep. Then we also talked about, you know, what, what kind of is the glue that keeps everything together? And we talked about more of an educational focus. You want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, Making Money Fun is the name of our podcast. It's also Fun is also one of our core values. Um, and so we really take that educational focus and make the, we want the clients and even prospects that come into our office that aren't clients yet to have fun while they're here. We want that. We want them to enjoy the conversation, to leave feeling better about themselves. And so I think one of our superpowers as a firm is that every one of our planners really enjoys and has good at breaking down all of these concepts into bite-sized chunks that are easily digestible so that they can be implemented and have that strong um, impact on the people, uh, the the clients' lives. So, um, you know, we do take a financial planning first focus, our investments and and the other products and services that we offer on the investment side are just a tool. Um, In 2020, we brought a financial coach into the practice. And so there's somebody that can help folks with budgets and paying off debt and all of those things. Um, and then our, our focus in 2022 and 2023 is really to bring estate planning and tax planning in-house as well. We're looking for the right fit there. So um, super excited just really to have that holistic uh, view for, for the clients. Nice. So are you planning to hire someone internally, basically? Is that what you think? Okay. We're hoping to. Yeah, we're hoping to find the right fit. Um, and hopefully by the end of the year, we have that in place. So um, I, ironically, my husband has a degree in accounting, but he's never really used it in the traditional sense. So um, while he's got the knowledge to be able to do it, he wants no part of preparing a tax return. Um, so <laughs> so we'll see how that goes. But we're, we're excited to, to be able to look in, in, at, towards the future what that might look like. Now, the financial coaching is interesting, and, and I, we don't see as much of that in different firms. That sounds like a really interesting service. Um, tell us, can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, for sure. It's been a huge value add for our financial planning clients. Um, I don't know how many times before we we hired Dana. Um, she's our financial coach. We would get a financial planning client three or four or five years away from retirement. We'd ask them for their budget, and we'd get the deer in the headlights look. And then it would take me three or four meetings to get to the bottom of what I thought might be a reasonable budget. Um, I I wasn't sure I was right. I was close. 
Um, but as my grandfather used to say, close only counts in horseshoes and hand grenades. And, um, right. and so, you know, that we, that easily could cause the financial plan to blow up if we're not right on the budget. And I'm not the right person to tell the client that they may need to consider cutting down their once a day Starbucks habit. If they want to retire in five years, I don't want to be the bad guy. I want people to like me and to, to follow my advice. And so that was always, that conversation was always a struggle for me. Um, and so in 2020, I had, I had a client, I have a client, she's a client of the firm that, um, had to take a, a leave of absence from her corporate job due to some, um, back problems. And I said to her at that point, you need to do this coaching thing. Like she'd been helping people for fun, like on the side. Um, and I said, you need to do this in, in my firm and you will be amazing at it. And so we got her a bunch of training and officially launched in January of 2021. Um, and any finance, new financial planning client that comes into our firm that needs her help gets one of her sessions included in our financial planning fee. Um, and it has been such an amazing, um, just like transformation um, to see the clients that come in after her assistance ready to, to tackle their financial planning process. It's, it's really been amazing. And, um, she also does coaching for folks that aren't financial planning clients, but, um, you know, I'd say her time is probably spent 50, 50 doing, doing either one. And, uh, she's great at it. She's amazing at, at the emotional side of it and, um, gets far more to the heart of the matter than I think any of our, us planners ever would. Nice. So then once they do a financial planning, uh, session or a financial uh, coaching session, then mm-hmm. how do, how do, is there like a continuity process? Do they meet with her mm-hmm. again or do they just they go can. back? Yeah. So it depends. It's really customized. They get a kind of a follow-up 30 minute, you know, how are you doing um, session with her? Um, if they don't need the ongoing coaching, then we can work through the financial planning process. And, and, and that's, you know, that's enough. There are some clients that I've worked with that need that co- ongoing coaching. Um, and then they can hire her to do that. And that's a separate agreement from our financial planning agreement. But, um, but yeah, it is, um, you know, it's, it's just been tremendous because she, she then with their permission passes on all of their follow-up tasks, their entire budget, um, all of the things that we really need to build out a, um, a strong financial plan that we know is as accurate as it can be the moment that we do it. And, uh, and then when, and if they need her down the road, she's available for that, for those follow-up conversations as well. So she can do a follow-up or checkup or something like that. Right. And then exactly. the, the financial planner does a checkup with the systems that track everything else too. So that sounds really great. Well, and yeah, and, it's, and, it's wonderful. And, and we're in a very emotional business because we're emotional beings and yes. people are emotional about their money and their health and just about anything else. Yeah. It's, and, and really what, what that allows us to do then is she can get into the minutia and the details of the today, this week, and this month, and this year, and we can get into the minutia and the details of the three to five to ten to twenty year plan. Um, and so, you know, it, it really is a, a, an amazing one-two punch. Yes. Well, it sounds great. Well, well, I think I think this has been an amazing discussion, and and we've got kind of deep inside a very unique practice uh, and heritage in in Gilbert, uh, Arizona. Um, Shanna, is there anything else that you think we missed that you want to tell the 
investing public about and the advisor world about? Yeah, I I think it's important to mention, it sounds like I've had this sort of, um, you know, pain-free ride and that could not be further from the truth. Um, I can think of two, two times in my, in the last 10 years specifically that I was this close to quitting. Um, and then I threw it all out and reinvented the business and, and rediscovered my love for why I do what I do. And so, um, I think it's important for the advisors, especially that are listening, that might be, um, dealing with some of that burnout that we're all feeling after, you know, the COVID hangover that, that 2022 is, is giving us, um, that this business has so many different ways for us to be able to survive and thrive. And if you're getting to the point where you're wondering if it's for you, maybe it's just time to reinvent yourself. And, um, and there's nothing wrong with admitting that you need help in some of those areas. And I've been super lucky to surround myself with people that do the stuff I don't like to do. And so when I get to a point where I'm questioning it, I just hire somebody else and, and let them roll with what they're good at. And that allows me to do what I'm good at. Nice. So it wasn't without uh, some kind of pain and, and certainly you have to really work at it for sure. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Customization of HubSpot and, and, and and the podcast and everything. It's just a a great delivery system. So uh, excellent. Well, great. I think, I think, I think the financial advisor world uh, is better uh, for your experiences and. Oh, thank you been great great to have you here on the financial advisors workshop and the and the four-star podcast and four-star media network so um maybe we can do a follow-up again in the future just to hear an update on what's happening we'd love to do that uh but in the meantime yeah, I love that. thank you so much shanna for being with us on on our network and uh and hopefully uh the the financial advisors that hear this We'll learn a lot about HubSpot and other things. <laughs> well, thank you so much. We uh, we'd love to uh, to chat with any of you, and so um, that we are geeks about all this, and and uh, you know we love it. So we'd love to have a follow up conversation for sure. And we're all jealous that you're in Arizona, and we're in very cold north. <laughs> and the northern, all the finan- northern advisors up here in places like Chicago. Uh, so anyway, uh, uh, we're gonna we're come down and see you when the golf game is over. Okay. Please do. Yeah. This is the best time of year to be in Arizona for sure. Sounds great. We'll look you up when we come down. Thanks again, Shanna. Appreciate your being with us. Thank you. You bet. Thank you so much for listening. Again, our biggest goal here is to help you grow your financial advisor practice to 100 million and beyond. If you enjoyed the ideas shared here, please subscribe to the podcast and leave a five-star iTunes review. The more reviews we receive, the more iTunes will suggest our podcast to other listeners and the more financial advisors that we can help. If you have any follow-up questions about this discussion, please write them in your review on iTunes and then we will answer your questions directly and potentially even do an entire video on our YouTube channel of the same name devoted to answering your questions. So don't forget to download our guide on all the tips, strategies, and tricks I personally use to grow my practice to 100 million and beyond in managed assets by going to fourstarwealth.com forward slash advisors. And if you're a financial advisor looking for more freedom, higher margins, better training, please set up a consultation to discuss joining our team by going to fourstarwealth.com forward slash advisors. All right, well, thanks for listening. And until the next Financial Advisor Workshop, keep on growing out there, everyone.